The boy's good, no doubt, sir. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. This is episode 126. Uh, my name's Roger. Uh, I, I might be Declan. And we have another fantastic guest with us this week. Uh, welcome to the show, Ooh. David Coyle. David, how are you? Hey, gang. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, pleasure, bud. You run the uh, the Raw Songwriting Podcast, and you're a, a very prolific songwriter in your own right. Uh, how would you describe sort of your, your style of songwriting and that sort of thing for the listeners? Well, I think um, I, I really like to be eclectic, if I can. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I live in an area where where folk and Americana is is pretty popular. I, I don't know that I would characterize myself as folk or Americana, but uh, that definitely has an influence just because of the number of folks that I'm around that, that do that sort of thing. But I would just classify myself as a singer-songwriter, and, and I'd just go off on whatever bit of whimsy uh, I, I like to. But I, 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 I like to try a variety of different things. So that's the best answer, just as much as you can reasonably get within your artistic... Uh... Uh, artistic oeuvre so to speak well well you know it's hard you know i think i think most artists hate to label themselves anyway right so you know you see the 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 intricacies of the differences between your own songs everybody else might listen to it and say oh yeah it sounds sounds the same but uh you know to me it all sounds really different um yeah i don't know do you guys feel i you you're you're both extremely prolific uh songwriters don't you feel like you uh want to explore well i'm forced to because i do a songwriting <laughs> podcast oh, with so you're us. being forced <laughs> are you like an indentured servant did you like uh, you know have a car crash or something with uh, with roger and now you have to write a song every no week? <laughs> i am here of my own free will roger is the best that's right say what's on the note send help send help <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, the the podcast does help. I mean, you do a similar thing on your podcast, don't you, David? Where like you'll write a song every week, you know, with the with the guests on. Yeah, yeah, I have a different guest on uh, uh, every. Yeah, it's not quite every week; it's like three times a month. But uh, yeah, we, and we typically I, I'll send them, uh, and, and you know this well, Roger, because you were on the on the show. Um, I, I send out a, a some prompts to choose from. And the guest will choose, you know, one out of four or five prompts. And, and then I'll try to write a song to the same prompt. And, we, you know, what we come up with is always completely different, which I think is an interesting line of discussion is like, well, how did we both go from the same starting point and come up with something so different? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. And that, that kind of, I think there's a little bit of, if I'm familiar with the, if I'm really familiar with the other songwriters, uh, style. Sometimes I'll I'll try to mimic that, but uh, or maybe not mimics the word, but try to find something complimentary. But that doesn't even hold all the time. Uh, the you know the prompts will take you off in really wild directions, and and then you know there's just something that you happen to be listening to that week, and you're like, ooh, I'd like to try something like that. Yeah, it's amazing how much of like you might go into a week thinking like, yeah, I've been on a real big Paul McCartney kick recently. I'm going to write some early Beatles style stuff. And then you listen to, I don't know, Charlie XCX or something. You suddenly think, well, electropop it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or better yet, just like, let's see if I can do, you know, the McCartney that was electropop. Though I guess he's got some stuff that might be classified as electropop, right? What was that... Uh, temporary secretary or something like that well i mean like he does dance stuff with the fireman oh. yeah yeah that that i think is considered to be like a kind of an influential uh um electronica song in some yeah. in some camps anyway well i mean like that album was kind of him it's him playing around with synthesizers basically yeah just like i've got a new toy let's see what it can do 
Exactly. Um, so, as you know, dear listener, I don't want to say dear listener. I was editing a show today with this guy who says dear listener. I, I'm not as you dear know, listener. dear listener, for many years. Just say Sweetums. Hey, Sweetums. So, Sweetums, um, as you know, we often have our guests to have their song go first. <laughs> and uh, David, uh, uh, your song this week, um, which you've written in a week alongside uh, the both of us. Uh, what's your song this week called? Uh, my song is called Not Quite Like Anybody Else. Awesome. Ooh. Okay, let's take a listen to David's weekly song, Not Quite Like Anybody Else. And it goes a little something like this. Driving out to Casey on a Wednesday night I overshot the address but she said things right I followed with my luggage through the dimming light She said she had a place for me to stay Walking through the front yard I could see The dance floor hidden under the autumn leaves A little thing to tell us she's not quite like anybody else Waking up on Thursday to a gracious host Authentic maple syrup, gluten-free French toast Talking about the UFOs and giving up the ghost Big barbecue and telepathic geese Walking through the front door I could see A calendar for witches and a couch for me The little things that tell us she's not quite like anybody else I know she could teach the world some brand new lines Sing, shout, shake it all about She'll show you history is full of rhymes Looking at her fashion I can see Pockets of sedition for emergencies Break the glass and when you set her free She will fight the good fight for you and me Friday came and went and then I had to go She packed a bag of goodies then I hit the road And though we may be parted this one thing I know She'll always be there in my memory Driving home I wondered will I see Another woman quite as unique as she The others should be jealous She's not quite like anybody else Everybody's jealous She's not quite like anybody else So that was Not Quite Like Anybody Else uh, by David Coyle, his weekly song for the podcast. I am such a fan of this. Um, I may be misreading it, but this is exactly the type of sort of like love song I like that's sort of a little bit out of the ordinary and lyrically really cool. So I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I would like to echo those sentiments. Wow, I like echoes. That's why I go to canyons frequently. This is good. (laughs) (laughs) So like um, with your podcast, you normally have like... Uh, like you said in the intro, like a prompt you'll go on, um, as well as your guest. And with our season that we're doing right now, we don't have any challenges or prompts like we sometimes have. So how did you approach starting this song? Um, how did it all begin? Well, I think um, I, I, I wasn't planning to work with any prompts on it, uh, which is which is how I 
outside of the podcast that's how i usually uh, uh write songs but but i was i had just gotten back from a, a a trip to kansas city where i visited this friend um and uh she had suggested a couple uh prompts uh she's a a, a teacher of um english okay. as a second language uh, she, uh, so she teaches English to, to non-native speakers. And she had made a mention about uh, one of her students had said that they really loved, you know, that she only spoke English because of her. And then the, we were talking about, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the, the concept of pockets uh, carrying sedition. There was there's a poem that starts out someone once someone clever once said women were not allowed pockets in case they carried leaflets leaflets to spread sedition so that was something that she brought up that's a poem by Sharon Owens and so those were kind of prompts that she gave me uh to to work with and uh i i decided to go with those um and, and the the trouble was that they were both I couldn't figure out how to go with either of those independently. And since they both related to her, I just decided, okay, well, I'll just kind of write about my trip to Kansas City. Um, the other reason I decided to do that was because I had uh, written another song earlier in the week for my podcast. And I had done this kind of ethereal, uh, ethereal song that... Uh, made a lot of metaphors, a lot of metaphors. It had like these kind of pizzicato strings and it had this real uh, kind of spacey vibe to it. And I wanted to do something that was earthier. And the lyrics, I, the, the guest that I had had on uh, my show, Mickey Balder, she had done like some really autobiographical writing in her song. And I felt kind of like, uh, you know what? I, I, the la That song that I had written for my show wasn't autobiographical at all. And so I thought, okay, well, I need to really double down on the autobiographical part. So this song is, uh, you know, nine times out of ten. I mean, there's a little bit of poetic license, but most of this is is, is true stuff mm. that happened, you know? It kind of fits the tone. It fits the tone of the recording, then, if you like, you've gone for this really earthier sort of tone to go for, like, the more autobiographical, the more true-to-life sense, rather than to like go off onto like more abstract metaphors and things like that again but then that also what i find uh sorry i did cut you off massively there roger um but what i find is what that uh then does is when you mention these weird little things like uh telepathic geese i think is the ending of one of the lines it just makes it stand out that much more yeah and that's what what's funny what fun, what's funny to me is that um there's not a lot of metaphors in here that we really did talk about big barbecue and telepathic geese and that was that was that that was something we actually did <laughs> and and so you know it's but it sounds metaphorical you know uh so it sounds like one of my regular songs maybe i don't know it's 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 so cool when when people include a lyric which sounds like kind of is attention grabbing but then you talk to them about it and they go yeah we did actually talk about that you know like that's not made up and I imagine the same goes for um, the maple syrup and gluten-free French toast, which the first time I heard it made me chuckle. But it's just like, that's such a... It, not only does it create such a lovely <laughs> See, image... See, it made you chuckle. It made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, the, they're not mutually exclusive. You can chuckle and be hungry at the same time. So I accept both comments. As long as you get the gluten-free pancakes afterwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's pancakes. I'm sorry. I said French no, toast. No, it's French toast. French Was toast. Was it? Yes. Ah, which is which is wrong. in the it's in the pancake <laughs> family sort of maybe, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're related. They see each other, you know, time to time. Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, sometimes across you know different plates, but they're, they're there. 
Definitely. They wave when they yeah, pass each other. They exist on the table of life in the, in the same space. So a French toast is French. What are pancakes? What what nationality are they? Well, there's American Scotch pancakes. Uh, and they're like the little tiny oh, ones. Oh, wow. You actually have an answer but for like, this. In, okay. in England, like generally, you can buy Scotch pancakes here, but like generally speaking, like when we have pancake day, we'll make pancakes that are like larger. So I guess there's even there's even subdivisions in the in the categories of pancakes. They're larger but thinner. They're like, mm. well, I mean, American pancakes tend to be more like cake, whereas like the uh, British ones tend to be slightly, uh, the batter tends to be slightly less, more. I don't know what the word is. There's even a crossover with the crepe design, which is French. You you guys know much more about food than I do. This is this is impressive. I I, I meant this rhetorically, but there actually are a, a. It sounds like there is a wide variety of different types. You're of listening to the weekly pancake podcast. So I'll tell you what, pants. <laughs> Pancakes in Amsterdam. Can we just make up a song oh. about pancakes on the spot? Just kiss. You know? Pancakes, pancakes. <laughs> Pan- have some, have some breakfast for God's pancakes, sake. You know, pancakes, pancakes. I, I think it's cool as well that you wrote about like what happened in the week. Like this is something that I try to do more often, but um, Declan, you do it quite often, and I, I think it's cool, David, that you, like I said, incorporated some of those real life, you know, things that actually happened. You know. Well, it's funny how how like lists kind of snap people to attention. You know, if you have like a, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, it's like number one, I did this number two. But if you also do like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think that's like really there's kind of a kind of a low level hook going on in a song when you do that sort of thing. That's a great point. Because people are expecting there are people are expecting the, the next day of the week. Yeah, like you're prepped for the next one. Uh, just weird little side note. Uh, I work in a record shop and we've had to have JLS on recently. They've got a terrible new song called Audition for Your Love. But there's a bit in like the bridge where they're going up to the final chorus where they're doing like the steps for an audition. So it's like step one is remember your lines, step two <laughs> is act all fine. And then it's like step three, step four, step five are all the same. It's just like you really gave up on that, didn't you? You really just gave up on that. <laughs> It just hurts me every time I hear it. <laughs> it. It is kind of a cheat to use lists and stuff. I, I think it is. If you once you know the hypnotic power of listing stuff off, it can be abused. It can be abused, and and it's possible <laughs> that I did. But I only used three days of the week, so I don't feel like I overdid it. Yeah. Now, if you'd use seven, if you'd use seven days of the week, then yeah, we'd be coming down hard on you. But like uh, three days is fine. Mm. God help I mean, you if you've done a fortnight. Though. It's n- well, you know, there's that that clash, that song by the Clash, which is like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that's like that that grabs you, right? That and the riff that they got. I don't know if you're Clash fans or not, but I've heard London calling. Well, th- this is where we have to insert here that I'm I'm quite a bit older than both of you, I imagine here. So I, I probably got you guys on twenty years, uh, I-, I would imagine. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for for letting me be on your show. I can bring some of that 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 extra old fart quality to to the stuff, you know. Yeah, I'm afraid we've we've literally just hit seventeen. The both of us, we're both so young. So. Uh... <laughs> Look we here, wish. look here, you little kids. I got something to tell you about songwriting. Get off my lawn. Let's get off my lawn. That's my lawn over there. Wherever you guys are. Oh, dear. Oh, man. No, but um, I, was that so once you sort of had this lyrical theme in mind, what was your sort of next step? Did you write the, the chords and lyrics at the same time? Or was it sort of lyrics first? Or sort of what, what sort of order did you, did you go for? Well, I hate to say it, but I kind of went out of order here already because 
uh, I actually started with the melody. Um, I, I was out. I, I find actually that when I'm trying to speed write, uh, it's quicker for me. I, I know it's different for everybody, but for me, uh, it's quicker for me to actually work with the music first. So what I typically do is I'll go out walking. And so I was walking around and I was whistling. So in this case, I, uh, I came up with the chorus melody first and I, uh, I or no, I, I'm sorry, I take it back. I took the, uh, I came up with the verse melody first and I thought it was going to be the chorus melody, but then it was sort of gradually going into, um, uh, what ended up being the chorus melody. And I just decided, Oh, and I tried, I tried to make this, that second part into the verse melody as I had originally intended, but it just seemed to make sense to go in this, uh, particular order. I don't know, this was like a really wispy kind of song, but I, I, the bridge came pretty easily, um, but I, I'd say that I came up with almost the entire melody first, and then I worked out the chords, and then while I was working out the chords, I was kind of, I don't know if you all do this, but when you're, if you, if you're starting with a melody first and you're, and you're working things out, you kind of mumble, mm. kind of mumble sing a little bit. And, and then oh, yeah. there are sounds that start coming out and you're like, oh, that sounds like it might be a real word. And, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, okay, that word sounds like it fits there. So let's see if we can build around that. And what I ended up coming up with was for the chorus, it was like, she's not quite like anybody else. That was the first line that came up. Uh, from my mumble It's kind of nice when you get like that thesis of the song like to start off with so then you can build everything into exactly. it. Exactly. And I and I knew that I had these prompts that I was trying to fit in there and once I had that line that just sort of naturally came up I was like okay well then I'm just going to I'm just going to write it about my visit to my friend and and uh yeah yeah that that's when it came together. So the lyrics came last. Um I mean the conceptualizing came first I suppose. There was conceptualizing then the music came and then the uh and then the lyrics. Awesome. It, it sounds so cohesive, I think. There, there's something about um, sort of having that hook, like, like Declan kind of commented on, where you go, that's, you know, when you're kind of mumbling or scatting, say, and you have that word come to you, and then you go, you know, um, not quite like anybody else. I suppose for you that must have informed the whole direction of the song lyrically, I guess is what I'm saying. Is that the case? Um, well, I mean, it certainly gave me the rhythm of the words. You know, I knew that it was going to be kind of uh, coming out in a little bit more rapid fire than, than some songs. I mean, I just knew it was going to be more, you know, real world stuff. I was going to try to put in some autobiographical stuff. And, you know, it starts out as just me describing the trip. But but I did want to, I mean, it was a, there was a bunch of, you know, kind of unusual things that we ran into out there. Now, there, I'll admit that some of this stuff is... It, not everything that I describe is about her. Some of them, my, uh, some of them are my own quirks that I've kind of thrown in there. But these were actually things that happened, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, of course, I, I was building around it. But I, I wouldn't say that was a major focus. I'd say the main focus was just mm -hmm. like this was an interesting, you know, trip that I had, and I, I just wanted to put it in there. I didn't even mention the shuttlecock sculptures. Uh, oh, I don't know if you're badminton fans. I beg five pardon. Shuttlecock sculptures. There's this in Kansas City. They have these giant shuttlecocks. You know, from bad. Do you play badminton? You know, you know badminton, right? So yeah, of course. Uh, the last time I played was in school, but I am aware yes, of them okay. because I thought they were the funniest looking projectiles you used in a exactly, game. exactly. And they had these giant shuttlecocks on the lawn on both sides of this uh, of the museum in Kansas City. The art museum and anyway 
That's something that did oh, not neat. make it into the. You know, maybe I need to figure out how to fit it in. Stick another bridge in there, or a coda, or or maybe an intro or something. Part two. Yeah, part two. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it on the B side. <laughs> <laughs> the shuttlecock B side. The shuttlecocks would be an amazing name for like a band, wouldn't it? The shufflecocks, maybe. Well, let's uh, let's oh start it. Can God. we all get together? Let's uh, let's set up a time. We'll just start writing songs for it. Let's do it. The shufflecocks. The shufflecocks. <laughs> this is amazing this is my career best. is now sorted I shall hand in my resignation at work tomorrow <laughs> my whole life has been leading up to this moment <laughs> oh man no um really really cool song David um would you would you think you'd be like sort of developing it further from this point or like putting on a project or sort of playing it out live what, what what's the you know next chapter of this song so to speak well I think I'm I'm gonna let it sit a little bit uh you know I haven't been I've been playing out as much as I as I you know pre-pandemic of course uh, I had course. you know I had one paying gig this year so I kind of feel like yeah I'm still a professional um but yeah yeah I'll uh you know in, in normal years I would I would make a goal of all my new songs I have to play out uh in a, in a live show at least once you know and, and hopefully get some feedback from folks but you know not everybody always comments but um but then, you know, at least I get a feel for how it plays. You can kind of feel the room and mm. and just feel how it mm. sings. You know, just, just re, you know, rehearsing the song and practicing it, you kind of get an idea of what works and what doesn't. Because sometimes when you're writing a song, you kind of pigeonhole in some words that, that maybe don't sing so nicely. Uh, so that, that'll probably work itself out just through practicing it. Uh, chances are it'll probably be months before I really do a revision. So I'll probably listen to it several times and, and I'll just de- develop an idea over that time uh, what I do want to change about it. But I, I feel like it's something that's ready to be played out as it is. Because I, 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 you know, I think I got, you know, enough hooks in there, um, you know, both lyrically and kind of rhythmic hooks. I mean, the I know you guys go into music theory quite a bit, and I'll admit, from a theory perspective, this is this is dirt simple. But um, but I think rhythmically, I kind of have a lot of starts and stops, and uh, and I change up, you know, the arpeggios to strumming, and uh, I think it, it's got a good push and pull going. So I feel like structurally, it's it's pretty good, and there are some lyrics I think already that I would probably be tweaking. I mean, I actually made some tweaks just before I sent it over to you, too, because I, I actually played this song for my friend and uh, just to make sure that I wasn't divulging anything really embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> and she she approved it. She approved mm-hmm. it. She just made a point of saying originally it was going to be sugar-free syrup, uh, but that was a lie. Apparently it was not sugar-free syrup, so I, I changed it to authentic maple syrup. So because she Actually would... correct songs, then. That's right. These are These are literally <laughs> correct songs. That's right. It's a documentary. Documentary. Yes, we cannot have room for it. Go ahead. No room for any artistic expression at all. These must be entirely what happened. <laughs> documentary songwriting. Documentary songwriting. There you go. Documentary songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's awesome. Um, really, really um pleased that you brought this song to the podcast. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to uh to mention about sort of the writing of it or anything like that before we move on? I I think I've I think I've basically covered it. Uh, this is. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for letting me play the song and letting me be on your show. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm really psyched to, to listen to your songs. Uh, I, I, I was listening to them ahead of time, and uh, they're both really great. So, oh, Thanks, yeah. David. Cheers. Oh, it's lovely to have you on and lovely to, to hear this song. Awesome. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure, oh, man. Thank you. It's uh, great stuff. Love thank it so much. Okay, so we're going to take a listen to, I believe, my song next. Um, and my song this week 
is called the 4th of July and it goes like this. You've got your sanctimony tied. You've got me hiding from the light. If there's a way for me to not think twice, I'm getting tired of the same old price. You've got me telling the testimony falls I need a moment of my own you take advantage of a sacrifice I didn't mean to say the same thing twice you think I'm telling you lies don't be that guy life is a flash and it's over No, I like that one. It's, it's very earnest. The vibe I'm getting from it is like if Elliot Smith was a songwriter in 10cc. Um, yeah. That's not the, not the direction I thought you were going to go with that one. I like that. Well, fantastic. I'll be getting a better Christmas present this year. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a, a lovely song. I mean, I'm always I'm always amazed at how much for just a demo, how much how much you were, how much complexity you put into the to the production there. That's all that stuff's really great. And it's such a the 
I, oh, just there's a lot of little surprises that you have in the song. I mean, you, you every song of yours that I've heard is kind of like that. You have a lot of, you know, chord changes and rhythm change ups that uh, that that really surprise me and 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 wow me really. I mean, they're wonderful stuff. And uh, and I want to also thank you for for you know you have an American on the show, and I don't know how frequently you have Americans on the show, but uh, doing a Fourth of July tribute. Uh, thank you so much. I'm sure you were thinking of me when you wrote that. It's funny when, when I named it, because I named this one afterwards. You know, sometimes you do that, you kind of be like, after the song's finished, you go, oh shit, what do I call it? I was like, okay, 4th of July. It was originally going to be called something else, but when I called it 4th of July, I was like, hey, David's going to be on, and that's Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's thematic. Right. We can link oh, it all together. It wasn't going to be called Christmas Tree, but that line where it goes, um, I'm not afraid of the dark, but you got me lit up like... It was going to be a Christmas tree, but and that was like the working oh. line for like all week until Sunday night. And I was like, "Oh, thank God, I found a better lyric than like a Christmas tree." <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you could only like play it in December. Yeah, exactly. And then like having it be like the last writing episode before Christmas would be like super cheesy. But but um, yeah, this one was um, this one had kind of like. Once I kind of started writing it, it was pretty quick to finish, but like it had quite a journey to it as far as like how it started and then how it progressed. So in my head at the beginning of the week, I was thinking, right, I don't know what I'm going to write yet, but I want to write something that's kind of like upbeat, has a nice like, you know, driving drum beat to it. And like, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the cars or like late 70s, early 80s, new wave music. Yeah, uh, indeed. Very much, you know, Blondie are one of my favorite bands. Yeah, Blondie, that sort of thing too. Yeah, and like I was just thinking, I want to write like a kind of like something I could have like a real drum kit on, but also synths and like chorusy guitars and stuff. I was like, it'll be driving, it'll be, you know, and um, and so I actually wrote the full song. I'll come back to like the chords and lyrics and stuff in a sec, but I wrote the full song, and then I was like, I was like, it doesn't kind of feel right. Like obviously, I like, the, I think I like the chords, but like doesn't quite feel right and then i've been watching the beatles get back to documentary have you guys both mm. seen that i haven't had a chance to watch it yet. yes uh you'll love it when you watch it um it's just it's magic <laughs> i mean you'll want to throttle so many of the people at some point or other but you will love it <laughs> I, I i've heard such great stuff about it i'm looking forward to it i'm looking at you michael Lindsay hogg for, with the throttling comment oh wow yeah we're, we're not going to get into it uh but like yeah boy he should not have been the director of that project <laughs> But there was this, uh, there was this scene. Uh, I, I think in the first episode, I'm not sure, or maybe the second. But anyway, there's a scene where they're working on the song Two of Us, and they're they're at Twickenham. So I guess it was the first episode, and they're at Twickenham Studios, and like Two of Us, the song Two of Us. Um, for those who are familiar, you'll know it's this sort of like kind of like pretty laid back acoustic guitar driven thing. But you kind of learn that it was originally the sort of like bluesy upbeat number. You know, with like with drums and like electric guitars. Everyone's on electric. No one's on acoustic. And it kind of works ish, and then at a certain point they get to um they get to Apple Studios, and they switch to acoustic guitars, and just the song happens. You know what I mean? Like it it just comes alive, and that just that just inspired me to think. You know what? I'm gonna try and let go of this new wave idea and just like switch to just playing it really softly. I mean that was par- partially sort of informed by the fact that I needed to record it pretty quietly, um like later in the evening. So that's kind of where that, I don't know, sort of not comparing it to Elliot Smith, but that sort of like softly spoken, intimate sound came from. Well, it was a great choice. It was a great choice. Really works for the song. Thank you.
I, I think Thank intimacy is that I mean it's 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 kind of there's a bit of fragility to it. I mean it's it's very personal, and uh, you know kind of whispering it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You're being Look, a sensitive, he's all broken and on the floor. A sensitive man, a sensitive man. <laughs> well, I think um, you know, I think sometimes when you have like a song which is, you know, pretty personal or like touches on some stuff that you don't normally sing about or write about. You kind of got to go to the full hog, you know, um, Lindsay Hog. You kind of like got to really commit to it. And so I think going that soft route was a good idea. Um, it's definitely one of the more like, I mean, I've had a I've had a season of writing like pretty personal songs, but this one was definitely like a kind of you got to be totally honest or not at all honest. Um, I won't go into full detail, but it's basically that that thing that I'm sure we can all relate to on some level of um um somebody sort of having the best intentions for you and your life and your decisions and your lifestyle but that can become claustrophobic suffocating mm. and um unwarranted sometimes and it's about sort of dealing with that situation you know and often that comes from the people we love the very most you know so it's just kind of dealing with that feeling and uh and trying to find trying to find ways to write about it that weren't sort of like I don't know. Corny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. No, that's it. Um, I, I think, I don't know. Can you guys relate to this? Like where you write about something... absolutely but then you got to write the song so you kind of want to like <laughs> address it well i don't know i'm not being very clear but um but yeah so i mean like you know it's just kind of trying to write those those lyrics quite sincerely or whatever i'm just taking a look over here i probably should have like highlighted a few that i wanted to talk about but um really it was it was very similar to what you said in your song david where mm -hmm. i was just sort of like going through and playing and singing but kind of scatting lyrics and the way I kind of started to come up with the lyrics, um, I think I'm going to do this more in future, was I kind of had my, you know, um, I may even, as it's my edit, I may even put like a dictaphone clip in here of me just kind of mouth sounding my way through, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but there were things like I was... So that's where that came from. <laughs> ah, I see. There were things like, you know, I was just kind of scatting and going, da-da-da, testimony, da Da, 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 sanctimony, da, 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 you know, and just somebody, da, 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 and like all these little words. I was like, okay, that's a nugget there. That's a nugget there. Let me just write these down, like just scattered across the page and I'll fill in the blanks later, um, which was kind of a cool way to do it. Cause then you get a few syllable words, which work in the syllable count, but you also get um, some sense of just the vague topic you want to address. You know what I mean? Like oh, this, this word, sounds right testimony that could fit you know yeah where's it key into like the feelings and emotions that you are having in that moment absolutely yeah um yeah and no, i think this is quite similar to how i tend to write songs normally and it is something that's going to come up again later in the episode no spoilers <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of like you can end up with some great abstract sentences out of that that sort of just mean completely the right thing. But you're just like, well, where the hell did that come from? Because I was literally just going, and I'm sad. Absolutely. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Um, so, I mean, once I kind of had the, the basic 
well not even the lyrics down but just sort of the basic scatting you know dictaphone vagueness going on um i needed something to kind of make the song a little bit more dynamic um and the fi- the really only the thing that stands out in this song musically to my ear anyway is the fact that it uses one don one non-diatonic Take chord two. <laughs> it uses one non-diatonic chord quite often so the song is for discussion's sake in e major it's gone through many iterations keywise since then um it's in e major and it plays largely diatonically but every now and then it goes up to the c which is the sharpened fifth ooh um, which gives it that sort of like dramatic or sort of borderline not bluesy, rocky sort of like dun dun. That's where it goes dun 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 dun. That that part there, or is that where that yeah, chord comes I th- in? I, th- I think so. Yeah. So well, like, if on, I'm yeah. <laughs> let me see on the lines here. So um, you got me hiding from the light. Bum bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it dr- dramatically kind of lifts up there, and that just kind of like gave me this. Once I hit on that once, I was like. I can keep doing this, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is a tool I can use. It is very much that thing like, wait a minute, I've discovered this works great for this song. Now to stick it in 50 more times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I think it's in every verse and every chorus. Um, the only other... Oh, you're getting your money's worth. Oh, absolutely, you know. I, I'm creatively bereft. I have to. <laughs> but... Uh... I had a thing of drink in my mouth, Roger. You shouldn't have made a joke like that. <laughs> The the only other part that I was quite proud of um, uh, was after it's sort of like the end of the chorus, like call it the post chorus. So you got the whole sort of like don't be that guy that part. That's all very kind of basic um, one and four largely. Um, then it goes up to the sort of I'm not afraid of the end that whole part, and it kind of cycles through a list of chords there. And I will say it's a list because they they do kind of go on, um, but it kind of. I don't really know my theory when it comes to the circle of fifths like well enough to really be on authority on it, but I think it cycles through some fifths, maybe not the circle of fifths, but it goes up to um, F-sharp minor, B7, E7, A7, D7, G7, C7, <laughs> and then B, and then to get you back into the E. So it just kind of like goes do, 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 chord, 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 chord. Yeah, I think chord. it does do the circle of fifths and then it does like another one. And then you have to get back into uh, your B to get back to E. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then that fits in quite well with your dramatic lift to C, to get down back to B, to get back to E. Yes. You are going to have so much fun putting in all the chords under that. I know, I was dreading it when I was saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Something that you did that I found interesting that you did is that, um, you know, you have the, the, the riff, the opening riff that you have, and then you actually, that's the melody line at the, the verse melody there. Um, but you're at, when you do the the verse melody, you're actually doubling it with that riff, and as opposed to just going to chords or something like that. And what was the thought process uh, behind that? Did you you know because you, you're you're playing the guitar, you know, um, but you're also singing the same mm. melody. What was the thought process for that? To dis, I mean, was just to decide to double the melody with with the instrument? Well, um, I remember reading. Uh, I don't know if you, have you ever seen those thirty-three and a third books that are about like particular records. Hmm, I don't know that I have. Um, I've seen you buy some. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they discussed certain records, and there was a a book on um, Elliot Smith's XO, and Elliot Smith's a big influence on me. And I read that book, and uh, in the book it said that what he would often do is 
introduce his verse melody in the guitar intro mm-hmm. so i always kind of like to do that whenever possible but the other reason for it um apart from it being a little bit more sort of um i don't know interesting than than me strumming the chords is because it keeps me in tune so like if oh. i'm playing the same vocal melody on the guitar that i'm singing it helps my voice yeah it's a great thing to get on top of an idea quickly if that you've got something to match to absolutely interesting mm, definitely all right and like you know because because we've got the week to write and you know just a little more than a week to record i like to have stuff that's like singable um <laughs> and the more the more i can match it to the guitar like the more wait you can... want your songs to be singable what kind of monster are you <laughs> that does seem kind of pretentious yeah <laughs> all songs should just be like tuneless drones that go on for way too long well you know like my 60 60 percent of the population is tone deaf anyway so i mean you know so no one's gonna tell <laughs> like... oh my god i've been wasting all this energy and you guys could have told me this before Oh, uh, dude, just Ed Sheeran it. Four chords, loop stations. <laughs> loop stations. <laughs> loop stations. One of the great... Um, I think Mozart used a loop station. If he didn't, he should have. <laughs> I think that's about all I can think to say about uh, this week's song. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for your lovely comments. You're both very kind. Um, oh, it's really great. And we will listen to uh, Declan's weekly song this week. Uh, Declan, what is your song called this week? Hello. Yes. Um... I, ha- I have a song. Uh, it's it, it's called Try. I, I named it after the thing that I do every week to try and get a song. Um, <laughs> it doesn't always work. Uh, th- this is that. It goes vastly. I don't see you when I wake up each morning. I don't think I get you very far. See through my bluster and all my defenses Living in every lower bar Hiding in a corner of a many-sided room Wondering what I'm next to do But I try, darling I do my very best I sigh, darling Thought I was above it all It turns out I'm just like all the rest All these rules of engagement But one or two have slipped me by Novel directions lead to impatient hours Got to clear this clutter from my mind Building in the shadow of a castle on a hill The end keeps getting further, further still But I try, darling I do my very best Just like all the rest If I could build a person I'd give him every end in sight And even then he'd never get it right Okay, that was Declan's weekly song this week. Uh, that was Try 
really big fan of this one. Uh, kind of like a more ballad, balladic song uh, than maybe the previous weeks have been. Uh, really cool, bud. Really like it. Yeah. Thank you. This is yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening to the weekly. <laughs> it's an old gag. I have that, to do it, dude. Well, you know, I I, I gotta say, I just uh, th- this one really spoke to me. I just I I, I feel I, I just relate with with what you're talking about and. And I, I really like the, uh, you know, the, the, the tension between the, uh, uh, you had that kind of pre-chorus going on there where you get, uh, and the, the tension and release there is really, really great. And, and that, that chorus is just killer. I, I, I love it every time it comes up. That is just a, a really catchy, catchy chorus. And, and, and I feel that song. That, that hits me. Me too. Thank, thank you very much. I felt like this one was another one that was really intimate and, one thing I love in sort of like more balladic sort of personal sounding songs like this is like the verses are just as good as the choruses. The verses like are packed with like lyri- relatable lyrics one after the other. Well, well thank you. Um, is it going to break both your hearts if I say that I'm thinking about this one not in necessarily in terms of a ballad, but like having like a drum beat and electric guitar or something? Oh, on that'd it. be great. <laughs> Declan, <laughs> Declan. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I'm joking. I'd love to. <laughs> you know, I thought it was interesting that both oh. of your songs actually, at least at, at some point in it, the, they're, they're about trying, right? I mean, that you have the lyric in yours, Roger, where, mm. uh, what was the line there at the end? Uh, at least I try. Oh, yeah. I, I may be a pussy, but at least I try. <laughs> yeah. So right there. Oh, yeah, true. There's a tie-in. This is like a tie-in episode here. This is true. You guys are, uh, you, you didn't know that you had a theme. We're all thematically linked. Um, uh, yeah, this one was a bit of a weird one to try and come up with. Um, I was trying to write throughout the week, uh, and I just completely ran out of time. Um, about halfway through the week, uh, I had a relatively stressful day at work, so I went out to a bar afterwards, uh, at which point I proceeded I proceeded to get very drunk, so much so that I was still drunk when I turned up to work the next day. But don't tell my boss! Um, uh, and just, it was a night I like I misplaced my phone, like, everything was a mess when I got home, and it was just, like, uh, I was just thinking, like, oh, God, I've embarrassed myself, I've been such an awful person, I've done this, that, and the other, because, you know, self-hate is the best hate. Um, and just... On that lunchtime, I was just thinking, like, right, okay, I was going to write this song about this, but if I just um, make a list of all of the problems in my life and, like, uh, why I end up getting into these sorts of states, and it's just this list of self-pitying things, like, you know. It was just this list of things like, um, you know, I don't have enough time, I get self-destructive, I, you know, uh, engage uh, with money too much the moment I have it. Um and I was just sat there the next day reading it back, thinking, like, what a self-pitying arsehole. <laughs> like, you and me and the whole human race, buddy. You know what I mean? Um, oh, wow. A little bit of distance. You had a different perspective, eh? Yeah. Which, not to say that stuff isn't true, but it's also kind of like big whoop. Uh, <laughs> we all feel like that sometimes. Well, exactly um, why you need a song about it, right? I mean, that's how I feel. Yeah. 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 So, so these thoughts were kind of like flowing around my head, like the sort of, you know, that sort of contradiction of like, yes, this stuff is true, but also we all deal with it. Doesn't stop it being valid though. Uh, got to Sunday, I still hadn't written a song, but I had the day off, so I was trying to come up with some interesting guitar passages. Uh, originally, I was going to try and do something a bit heavier, a bit faster, a bit rockier, and then just 
I was wasn't getting any chords together, or at least nothing, or at least nothing that would flow well. Mm. And I just start, you know, when you've just got a guitar in your hands and you start sort of idly uh, flicking through some chords and everything, and like seeing if you can get any nice tones of things. And I ended up coming up with this. How, how every song begins, isn't it? <laughs> pretty much. I ended up getting uh, this chord that was uh, four on the A, four on the G, and four on the E, which ends up being, uh, it's like an implied uh, C-sharp minor seven, but you've hmm. missed out the fifth and you've missed out the third. Or at least you've missed out the um, bottom fifth, is that, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and then just had sort of fun working that around, and I started getting that, first melody line in the top bit on the E string on the guitar uh, so I just started moving that around the place moved it up uh, to about I think it would have been like 6th or 7th fret and then sort of started trying to do like a here comes the sun kind of thing on it like I was trying to like <laughs> get these like nice bright uh, chords and everything uh, at that point I work out what the chorus is which um it's kind of a little bit of a cheat because it's mostly just like a B that's running down the bass line, then going to a C sharp minor to a D sharp diminished back to a C sharp minor um, and then a C sharp diminished for the last time through. There's uh, a lot of diminished at which point I, chords in this. I just wanted to point Diminished out. chords are the best. Diminished like, chords We mad. know this. <laughs> I, dim, dim, he's gone diminished called mad sir take him away lad take him away um, at which point I realised it was like seven semitones too high for me to sing so back down to open it goes <laughs> right right and then just I uh, was just thinking like okay well I'll, I'll just use that melody line that's on the E as kind of the basis for the vocal melody same thing with the chorus. That basically stays on. I think it's a B flat throughout most of it until it gets to the I do my very best. That bit. Uh, started scatting through some lines, and the first and the last line started coming through really strong. Through just like like we were saying earlier, words forming. So the first line was like, "I don't see you when I wake up each morning. I don't think I get you very far." It's just like doesn't directly relate to anything that's going on in my life, but it's good, so I'll keep it. Um, do you feel like you're uh, like writing that to yourself, or like you're writing it to someone else? Oh yeah, right. right. No, I feel like I'm writing to this one to myself, and I've come up with a meaning for what it means. Uh, uh, what are those? Retro- I can relate. <laughs> I had to retrofit it slightly, um, uh, and then thought I was above it all, but turns out I am just like all the rest. It's just like, okay, cool. That's my thesis. That's the turn in the chorus. That's what the whole thing's about. So the verses can be about my problems and the choruses can just be like, you know, yeah, you, me and everyone else, bud. Um, I like that you do that in, in songs where you'll go like, you've said that a few times, like my chorus is about this general like approach or perspective and then my verses are about like a different one. I think that's really cool. Well, I think one of my favourite bits of songwriting advice I was ever given was like, write down... Uh, a list of your problems, a list of why they're problems or what you can do about them, and a list of what you will do to get rid of your problems. And it turns out that column one tends to be the verses, column two, uh, column three tends to be like the choruses. It's just ah. like interesting. As I, I don't consciously apply that, but that has just fed into like a lot of how I think about choruses. Um, 
the only other bit was the bridge bit, which um, I just thought, well, I just need something to link choruses two and three because I presume there would be some sort of instrumental solo later on, but you can put that in afterwards. Um, you should just turn into a game of like find the top note and see if you can make it run down nicely. So I think the chords in that section are C sharp minor, D sharp diminished, C sharp minor again, B, E, uh, E minor to get to uh, your nice minor fourth there, and then back to the root. With the progression going down, at least starting going down, E, D sharp, C sharp, B, and then you can just like, <laughs> the rest of the notes don't matter so long as they're vaguely headed in a downwards direction. <laughs> <laughs> just that way, boys. <laughs> yeah, so long as you resolve basically to E or B, and then you're fine. <laughs> That's really cool. So like, so you kind of had the, I don't know, what am I trying to say? You had the sort of basic lyrics mapped out, but then I suppose you wrote like more fully later. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, lyrics is always the last thing I do because I I I really enjoy getting music done. I hate getting words done. Uh, the only other thing to say on the pre-chorus is like uh, that's kind of what that is. Is like the last sh version of the B shape that's in the verses, just leaving the top strings of those ringing and then just going up. Um, uh, on the D string from E to F sharp to G to F sharp which is a love it is a nice tension thing but the reason it's there is because I can't quite get my little finger across so far to get to the G sharp so <laughs> <laughs> like a practical guitar playing thing then instead yeah like uh, I, I call myself a guitarist by trade but I'm a notoriously bad guitar player <laughs> like I have energy and that's about it um, oh, it's good rhythm man good rhythm well, so I'm interested. You you said you were going to have uh, 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 you know drums and bass and everything on this. What uh, what 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 style would you be going for? Because I'm imagining kind of like uh, kind of like something like the Dead Milkmen or the Replacements or something like that. A little bit a little bit punk. I mean, but what 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 are you imagining it? I mean, I kind of more. Oh, it's going to sound weird. Like uh, same sort of beat, same basically guitar part, but put that on like a clean to crunchy electric, and then get like almost like a dancey bass hmm. going but like not hmm. like modern dance like disco-y bass uh, oh okay interesting that would sound really interesting cool. like um arpeggiated synthesizers maybe in the background or just like those ones on like the ones on heart of glass that just go oh very interesting totally different than i would have thought okay that's cool so not like a rock song then not entirely a rock song but not entirely divorced from it either that's interesting. I'd love to hear that version of it because it works like, obviously, David and I and the listeners were only only hearing the acoustic guitar, almost like ballad version. But in your head, I guess you can kind of hear how it would sound fully arranged. I'd love to hear that other version. Yeah, I mean, I can see, I can see it working as a ballad in the way it is now, and like it's on acoustic guitar. Of course, it's a ballad, and it's like about, um, like me feeling a bit sad. Of course, it's a ballad. Right. <laughs> like when you present it in that context, but then like. I'm always just thinking about like, okay, how can you expand something out? Yes, yes. There are some really cool lyrics in there. Um, they're often quite like, it seems like I said before, this is kind of why I asked before, like, it seems like you're singing to yourself. So it's like kind of an almost like a introspective conversation of the song, which is quite unusual if I'm understanding it correctly. I mean, I, I, it doesn't feel uncommon to me, but I'm trying to think of where I might have used it before. Hmm. I'll admit my first impression uh, was that that you were actually talking to a girlfriend or something like that. But the introspective uh, perspective totally works. 
Uh, and just real quick, clarify the the word. You said if I, uh, this is, uh, I think it was in the bridge, but if I built a person, a person, is that what you say? Yeah. If I, I, could, if I could build a person, uh, I'd give them every end in sight, and even then they'd never get it right. It's kind of almost like trying to come to terms with the idea that none of us are going to get this perfect. So like, even if you got like a robot sure, or something, sure, sure, sure. And, you, and you programmed it for every social scenario that you could conceive of, and like it had the perfect answer for every outcome. Something is going to come along that upsets it. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting like, way to to write it. I like that. I like that. It was there. There's a lot of other ways you could have done that sentiment, but I think that you you did it in a way that was really striking. So I appreciated that. I mean, it's just I've been watching too much Doctor Who recently. So, <laughs> so you got to slip in more Tardis into the song then. Yeah, like, uh, actually, the uh, effect that I'm going to use on the vocal will be ring modulator, and I'm going to shout it like this. <laughs> I try, my darling. <laughs> I do my very best. <laughs> I want to hear that version too, please. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Well, with the disco Just, beat. I'll make a special version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not only disco Daleks. Not only would that be amazing to hear, but that would kind of be a new genre. <laughs> Dalek disco? (laughs) At first, I was afraid. I I was was petrified. petrified. And then I exterminated all my foes. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Call it genocide. (laughs) That's better. That's better. (laughs) Oh, man. Dalek disco. Uh, I'm sorry. You were were going into your actual lyrics, which were about not Dalek No, I was just trying to... I was just trying to sort of... um, so like uh like david you're not entirely wrong when you say that that could be like to a partner mm-hmm. or something so i was just thinking like you know i've been single i've been single for a while now it's shit yeah. <laughs> quite frankly uh but then like that sort of works both ways i don't see you when you wake up each morning so it could be to a hypothetical partner or something um but then also like we've if you've been like working full on for a while you're sort of feeling bit burnt out by life and when you wake up in the morning it's not like a great thing like yeah okay i get to like do this today or i get to like have a nice breakfast or i get to like lie in for a bit and watch a bit of telly it could be like gotta get up put my clothes on gotta go to work gotta like you know you're just going through the motions and you can always predict the whole day because i I do that a lot for myself i think I, i write songs as though i'm talking to somebody else but i'm really talking to myself and i think that has you know it does double duty right because it allows uh allows the listener to um they can relate to it on multiple levels they could think of it as a relationship song or they could you know see it as talking to themselves and uh, what do you guys think about that in general well i think the thing is we we are sort of inventing conversations as we are mm-hmm. like with our lyrics particularly if we're formatting them in the like i say to you you say to me this that and the other mm. and there's uh this great um uh it's gonna be a doctor who thing again but like <laughs> russell t davis has this book called the writer's tale <laughs> sorry i'm obsessed um um I'm used but to he it. talks about but he talks about crafting dialogue and he sort of says like the matter what you say to someone you're sort of talking about yourself in how you respond mm. yeah so like um if someone was to say like uh for example oh what's the weather like where you are um like how you respond will be talking about how you're feeling like oh it's fine 
like there's clearly something going on there like if you start going into vivid descriptions of it maybe like you want to go outside or something or like you want to hold the spotlight because you feel like you're in a good mood and you want to be the center of conversation like uh, it's kind of a natural part of how we talk it's just heightened when we do it in an artistic form um and a good thing with songwriting is because many, many, many people are supposed to be hearing this, uh, but it's from one uh, viewpoint, is that you can talk to yourself as much as you like and someone is going to come up to you and say, dude, your song really spoke to me. <laughs> That's a really good point um, that that uh, you just mentioned about sort of like the weather and sort of it always being about yourself to some degree. Um, I th- I think... I think the idea of singing as if you're singing to someone else and actually of singing kind of to yourself or, or, you know, it being internal but kind of like external in delivery is something I'm going to have to try because I've never done it before. I think that's really interesting. But the whole topic of, uh, like you were just saying, Declan, most songs being lyrically a conversation, you know, I mean, you know, my song this week, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of the dark, but you've got me, you know, all these sort of things like, it's like you're singing to I mean, somebody who's there, but you're not. So to do it to yourself, I'm not. I, I mean, that. the fact that there are the fact that there are words at all implies that there is a listener. Like whether that's in the metatextual sense of like, are these actually words that are being said to another character, assuming the narrator is a character, or like, is it just like literally you talking to the audience? Like, on what level is someone going to be listening to your conversation? In what we are con- you constructing? You know, so I'm getting very like a uh, oh I like it man. Let's get deep. <laughs> artsy fartsy. Let's get artsy right fartsy because I'm thinking you know there's a lot of people that uh, you know they write diaries to though. I mean is that an assumption of an audience? I mean if they're writing a song just for themselves, a lot of people do that, right? I mean is it the same kind of relationship? I think the way it's an interesting question. I think the way our minds work, generally speaking, is that when we're doing any form of catharsis whether it's a poem or we're writing a screenplay or a song or whatever like that if we're dealing with something that's going on in our lives that's to do with relationship even if we're just writing it in a book that no one will ever read we'll often write it in the sense of like having a conversation a hypothetical conversation with this person in our lives so i think it's kind of human nature to want to have that back and forth even if it's just private you know what i mean i mean how many times have we imagined conversations with someone so many times like whether that's like someone better not say this to me or i'm gonna come back with this witty retort or but you know what i've got this great joke that when i see my mate next i'm gonna open with or like a mm. anything but like if that. you're if you're thinking about the audience though do you, do you worry about self-censoring yourself i think i think a lot of people when they write in a diary for instance i mean i don't know i i'll admit when i'm writing a journal or journaling or whatever i'll, I'll sometimes worry about oh somebody may see this so i need to maybe be you know not not go off you know too far into craziness but i mean i think a lot of people they just completely unleash when they're writing a diary and so you know so i so in in some ways you might actually be i think they actually encourage you in some ways in some songwriting circles to 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 not think of the audience you know to really think of it as just like a diary entry so that you become you know you're really breaking down uh you know those barriers and you know that might be there if you're imagining that there's an audience anyway interesting thoughts sorry to make it all I mean, philosophical no no, no, <laughs> no this is fascinating i mean the example i tend to use for like ultra personal ultra specific is a songwriter called james vec loddy from a band called death Havana, mm. whose songs like have this sort of broad universal appeal 
um, particularly in the UK, but they tend to have very specific uh, references. Like back when uh, Phil was still alive, we had long hair. We went down um, like Hunt Stanton Pier or something. Um, like they had these very special. Lee and me were scored in a tourist town with less culture than Jeremy Carter. It's just they paint a picture of uh, like exact locations, but the things they're talking about are universal. Whereas like most people tend to want universality in lyrics to be achieved by keeping them vague. Mm. Like how many songs are there? Like pop songs are there at the moment about like going into a club and like meeting someone and you're getting on well and like you know really fancy each other and you go out for another drink and like you know it's nice but like how many people does that apply to it down near all of us at some point no i was just gonna say uh david i think this is something that you did incredibly well in your song is you created something which feels universal which feels applicable to to i think a lot of listeners but by being ultra specific like i said about the the maple syrup and the gluten-free French toast, you know, like, those are such specific things that only apply to the situation you're describing, but because they're so specific, like Declan was saying with the uh, Def Havana lyricist, like, you create this sort of universal world, and I think... I well, mean... Because even if, like, even if you haven't, like, gone on a trip to Kansas City uh, and, like, had the uh, authentic maple syrup and everything, like, uh, you've had a trip like that. Mm. Like this, like you may have like just gone with your mate to the next town over, and like you like just had a weird afternoon running around the arcade or something, or like you may have just gone down to the beach with someone for a day, and you don't never do that normally, and you had this really deep talk. But like, well, I was interviewing a songwriter named Ali Chipkin, and she does custom songs for people, like wedding songs or or you know whatever special occasion songs, and she brought on one of those songs uh, on on my podcast, and we listened to it, and. It was really hyper-specific stuff. They talked about, you know, they went to this particular restaurant, you know, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, and they, they always got the same dish or whatever. And it was, what was interesting to me was that, I, I think what it is is that people can, they can relate to the specificity even if the specific specificity isn't their specificity. Uh, let's uh, yes. Let's unwind that, right? So it's like, it's like, oh, you know what, maybe that <laughs> bottle cap is really important to them, but for me, it's an it's an origami letter or something like that, you know, um, totally. you know. But we but we have a relationship to that specific thing, and so even though we can't relate to the 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 real detail, it's the it's the emotional feel of that detail. I think that we do connect with, and so I think yeah, I think we should you know never be scared about you know getting those details in there. I mean, I I, I think it's it's worthwhile. Though there's a lot to be said for going metaphorical in general as well. I, I think you get real poetic and, and whatnot. There's re- I would say... I mean, so long as you're emotionally yes. honest, that's the thing. Sorry, I cut you off there, Roger. No, no, it's fine. I was just going to say, I would say that there's an element in songwriting and lyrics in the songs that are the most personal to us that are something akin to, like, an inside joke. Mm. So, like, if someone writes about... Um, you know, uh, like a bottle cap that meant so much when they did this specific thing with this person. And it's in the lyrics. They, The bottle caps, for example, is the most important thing. Not only do you have your own version of a bottle cap, but you kind of feel like you, you feel bonded with the singer. You feel like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, no one else might get the bottle cap thing, but I get it. You know, yeah. like it's an inside joke. And you suddenly feel more bonded with the writer. 
Was it kind of like Frank Zappa's thing where he had like this conceptual uh, conceptual continuity where like he continually references two or three weird things over and over in his career, but just so infrequently enough that if you missed a few albums or something, or you came in at a later one, you wouldn't realize there was references to these things further back. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, these are the things we like, like in um, we <laughs> using the royal we, I guess. <laughs> these are the things I think people enjoy in um sort of uh novelists work and things like that is where they'll describe a scene but they won't just go you know it was an affluent place it was nice they'll be like there was this you know uh gold laced marble pillar with um a small chihuahua near it or whatever you know um and just that that specificity in itself kind of adds a detail which i think is very important in lyrics too just to say if you add a chihuahua to to any writing whether that be a song or a short story or a movie i am there i'm like yeah <laughs> give me more chihuahua <laughs> no no more cowbell more chihuahua well the cowbell can come with it that might be our episode title <laughs> so we've had an email in this week from a regular writer to the podcast Ben Alder uh, and he writes hey Roger and Declan as usual I've been really enjoying the songs you guys have written this season it's always inspiring to hear you guys turn up week in week out with new music even after more than 120 episodes I recently wrote a new song in a week called The Things. It started out as a weekly songwriting challenge with another songwriter on Instagram where somebody gave us a prompt that we would use as the inspiration for a song. Hey, it's all thematically linked. Uh, the prompt was an echo to the lost December wind. Before attempting the challenge, I was feeling really rusty as a writer. I've written songs in the last couple of months, but they each took me a couple of months to finish. The idea of writing a full new song in a week was a bit daunting. In the end, the song came together quickly. Musically, it's pretty simple, except for the melody line. Usually, I just strum or pick a chord, but this time I really wanted to push myself and play a melody instead of the chords for one section, which I managed for the first time with this song. In the end, I dropped the chords for that section, uh, C, E minor, F, entirely. The lyrics are essentially me reflecting on relationships and how, despite all our best intentions, we can end up choosing an easy path rather than doing the hard work of showing up and being present in a relationship especially after the loss of a loved one. Uh, the words could apply to any meaningful relationships, but family was particularly in my mind. If a parent or a grandparent passes away, will the surviving siblings and other family members be drawn together? Or would they go about their lives and slowly drift apart without that shared key relationship to unite them? Uh, thanks, for us all, uh, thanks for inspiring us all to keep on creating and growing the craft. If anyone's interested in checking my music out, I'm on Spotify, Instagram, and all the usual places, Ben. Thank you very much for writing in, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Um, Thank you, Ben. And I definitely did that all in one take. Did not pause at all. And I didn't have to edit all of that into a succinct thing. So that didn't And happen. you and you definitely didn't do brilliant editing on that. So you don't get a well done on that at all. Fair enough, because it didn't happen. <laughs> right, should we take a listen to uh, the things from Ben? Let's do it. Here it is. We're not as close as we used to be. Sixteen hundred miles across land and sea Seemed a good excuse not to see your face Easy to kid yourself in a digital age And the things that we should have said are replaced by what we assumed instead 
branches around the tree this year One more door to close and never reopen Somewhat less obliged, somehow more free Now the ties that bind become memory and the things that we could have said are replaced by what we did instead Now they're just lost echoes on the wind Now they're just lost echoes on the wind And the things that we might have been Was replaced by who we were instead was gorgeous that was the things by ben alder uh sent into us uh that was his song which was written in a week really touching and uh a lovely ballad yeah i love that i love there's two things i want to spotlight first off that um you've got that rising melody line mm. do, 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 do. Mm. love when the vocal comes in it's harmonizing because it keeps going do, 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 do. it's not quite doing the same thing which i absolutely love uh, mm, same. Second thing, as that great line uh, in the middle of it, like the things we could have said are replaced by who we were instead. Yes, yeah. same. It's that lovely thing of changing up a, a lyric. Yeah. I, I got to reiterate everything yeah. that you guys just said. That was just uh, just a lovely, lovely song, and uh, I, you know, I love the guitar part all the way through. And yeah, that 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 da 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 da. That was that was really fantastic, and I love the production too. The 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 kind of the airiness of the whole thing it really does feel like it had that feel of nostalgia to it that uh that feel of looking back in in, in a memory like a quiet reflection kind of thing yeah yeah Def- definitely like a couple of things i i'd say as well in addition be i love that there's a minor four chord once at the end that's really cool uh and also um the production i completely agree is fantastic and i if it were me, I wouldn't even add that much to that. You know, I wouldn't add anything to it. I think it's lovely and delicate just as it is. Here, here. So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. That is actually the last writing challenge of the season. Woo. We're oh, done. Wow. We're oh, free. Wow. free. Yeah. At last. Grand free finale. At last. Congratulations, you guys. I'm free. Oh. To be whatever uh, I write. Indeed. Oh, we're still writing. Um, yeah, we shall uh, be resuming uh, the challenge within the next year at some point. Within the next year. We'll do it again in December. <laughs> <laughs> the daily song challenge. But we, but we will... Wait, what? Just hey, but we do it. It's the, fun. Uh... It's fun. You got to do it. You got to try it. I've done that a little bit. I've done like uh, uh, Song of Day January is what I call it. Day, yeah, Song of Day challenge. It's good. Give it a shot. You'll like it. Oh, I make it... 
That sounds good. You guys think this is fun. The minute you described that, like I had this cold <laughs> shiver of dread go down my spine. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we will be back next week for a roundup episode. And I believe that will be the Q&A, will it not? Yes, it will. Yeah, um, I would say send in your questions. But by the time you send them in, this will be too late. <laughs> so what you need to do is go and fetch a DeLorean travel back a week and uh get it sorted for them time travel is a huge part of this show isn't it (laughs) pretty much yeah if it's not a police box it's a delorean make sure you ask the bill payers Um, permission before you use it though just get a car that can travel faster than the speed of light and you're sorted Um, is it too much to ask (laughs) (laughs) so uh you can find us the weekly song podcast on facebook instagram youtube uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, various other places. It exists all over the web. Um, I have no idea what I am doing. Uh, and uh, yeah, we can all be found in various places in the digital sphere. I will say as well, before I go into that bit, uh, if you want to write us, uh, write us an email, send in a song, um, I don't know, uh, tell us to shut up and let the cool people who come on as guests uh, speak more because they're amazing, uh, why not write into us at weekly song podcast at gmail.com? Uh, I will not say that again slower. Uh, so there. Uh, so, David, um, whereabouts can you, your music and your podcast be found uh, online? Well, uh, the, the podcast is the Raw Songwriting Podcast, and you can find that on all the standard podcasting platforms. And, um, yeah, you can find my own music at uh, davidcoil.com uh, or... Uh, that's uh, well. The site's under construction, but I hope by the time this comes out, it will not be under construction anymore. It'll actually be live. Uh, I've been kind of fitzing it up, um, but also uh, Dave Coyle's musical extravaganza on Facebook, and uh, I'm also on Twitter. So uh, yeah, yeah, just take a look around. Fantastic, fantastic, and that's and just to reiterate, is that David Coyle? Uh, D a v i d c o i l e. That is correct. Thank you. Fantastic. Um, Roger. Yeah. Uh, your music, where is it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the guests get one treatment, the hosts get another. Roger, say your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not special anymore. <laughs> so no! you can find my music on all the normal places. Uh, Spotify, Bandcamp, iTunes, all those sorts of things. Um, I'm also on Instagram, at Roger Heathers. Uh, give me a follow there, and I'll leave it at that. Declan, where can people find you and your music in the digital cuboid? The digital cuboid. It's the ball cuboid. Um, I, I, I've got stuff from... Yeah, very, very uh, drunk. Spotify. <laughs> uh, listen, you. I'll, I'll tell you what. You can find my music on Spotify. Yeah. On Bandcamp, iTunes. Um, YouTube. YouTube, there's some covers on YouTube. I've got a Facebook page that I'd never use. <laughs> I've got an Instagram page that I'd never use. Uh, it's, it's out there. Happy people get you nowhere. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is why I should not do podcasts after work. <laughs> uh, so we shall see you next week for the roundup. Uh, ta-ra. Ta-ra. Uh, ta-ra.